I'm Alex Delay, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast bringing you the uplifting stories of inspiring people from all walks of life. There's this common idea that part of being an adult, like one of our core responsibilities as we grow up, is to stay informed. We have an obligation toward our community. We have to improve the lives of the people around us, which means we can't just live in this bubble isolated from all the bad things going on in the world. In practice, though, the idea of staying informed often translates to, well, just read the news. But the news is saturated with major events that we can't really do that much about. They're important, but we can't be so focused on these faraway conflicts that we forget the people close to us. Part of staying informed is listening, hearing what's going on next door, and paying attention to the problems that we actually can do something about. A great example of community activism is today's interviewee. Naleli Kobo is from Los Angeles and has been an activist since she was nine years old. With her mother, Monique, she protested against toxic oil drilling happening on her doorstep. We asked Naleli what prompted her to speak up at such a young age. When we think of Los Angeles, we think, we, we think of the beaches, the palm trees, Disneyland, influencers. We think of the glitz and glamour that is Hollywood, but we don't think about the reality. And the reality is that we're drilling toxic oil wells next to people's homes. How come is the reality for more than 18 million Americans living one mile or less to an active oil and gas well? In the, state of, in the city of Los Angeles, this is the largest urban oil field in the nation with over 580 Angelinos living a quarter of a mile or less to an active oil and gas well. The community of University Park is where I grew up and it was such a, is such a vibrant community that I can't help but smile when I talk about it because it was family. It was a type of community that if my mom was making breakfast and she realized she didn't have the cheese for our omelets, we could ask our neighbor and they would give us cheese and tomatoes and spinach to jazz it up. And it was, if we saw the ice cream man walking home from school and we didn't have cash, he would say, just pay me next time and I could get my popsicle. And that was the unity and the sense of family that we had within our community that is truly something you treasure throughout your entire life. When drilling for oil, it often smells like rotten eggs. But something this, this oil well would do in my community is add more chemicals to mask the smell. So then my community would smell of cherries, guava, chocolate, citrus, and that shows how far they're willing to go to cover their tracks. I know how my body has been affected, how my families and my community has been impacted, and that's what I'm always going to share truthfully and unapologetically because Storytelling is a compelling form of activism that oftentimes goes unnoticed, and I'm trying to bring it back. I introduced myself by saying the grade I was in because I thought that was necessary. I was like, I'm a fourth grader at this school, and I'm 10 years old, and I'm here to do this. And I was always met with adults, and they would say, you know, you should leave this to the grown-ups. You should be in school. My response <laughs> to the grown-ups, because they were grown-ups to me, was, you're right, I should be in school, but you're not doing your job at protecting me and my community, so I have to be here. Naleli's mother, Monique, is an immigrant from Mexico. She raised her daughter alone in the Hispanic-majority community of University Park. Communities like these are too often the first to be affected by environmental problems. They bear the cost of the fuel that we extract to drive our economic growth and consumption. 
There was a drilling site just 10 meters from Naleli's house. At age nine, Naleli became sick. Heart palpitations, nosebleeds, spasms. To this day, she still suffers from asthma, as do her mother and grandmother. For Naleli, this nightmare only strengthened her resolve. She wanted to make sure nobody will have to live through what she lived through. I was fighting to shut down the well in my community. And when we did that, I realized that there are so many other communities like mine. So I moved from, from my community to the city of Los Angeles. And when I realized the state of California is just as bad, I moved to the state, then the nation. And it's, it's always been like sort of a ripple effect within my activism, but it, I never sat down and said, I want to do this. It was, I learned that night that I was 30 feet from an active oil and gas well. And from then my life changed. And from then I took a different turn. That's something I never thought I would do, but it was, again, how can I let an injustice go by? Because I'm just too afraid to speak out. It's a historic vote. <laughs> Los Angeles is the largest urban oil field in the nation. Throughout these next 20 years, I will be able to say Los Angeles was the largest urban oil field in the nation because of the tireless work that we've done as communities and community-based organizations in demanding clean air in our homes. This is definitely a David versus Goliath fight, but I know how that story ends, so I'm very happy to be David in this fight with my community. Um, I dream of a world where urban oil drilling is only read about in history books. I dream of a world where kids look outside and they see trees and not oil rigs or refineries. I dream of a world where everyone is safe on, on this planet, including animals and people, because it's, it's intersectional. You know, we give so much to the earth and the earth gives so much to us, both within our animals, within our ocean, within the air and the trees and the movement that we have, everything is life. And I have a very good friend who has a quote that said, as she says, healing the earth heal, no, healing ourselves heals the earth and healing the earth heals ourselves. And that's exactly what this movement comes down to. It's what are you going, this, what we're living in is a, is a moment in history. This is that moment where we get to look back in the history books and documentaries and say, we, which side of history we were on. And this is, this is the time to decide which side of history you want to be on, whether you're going to be advocating for a better planet, a better sustainable world for animals and all breathing things, including humans and our oceans and trees, or are you going to sit this one out and wait until your life is the one on the line? Because then it'll be too late. For a lot of activists, their activism tends to come from a place of personal experience, some hardship or tragedy. And stories like Naleli's are inspiring. They show us the depth of the human spirit and how much small groups of people can change the world. But at the same time, I can't help but feel that they're stories of failure. A failure to prevent a nine-year-old girl from getting severely ill in the first place. A failure toward this entire generation who will have to deal with the worst consequences of climate change and environmental degradation. There are some problems we genuinely don't see coming. Some activism will always be necessary. But letting an oil company open a drilling site 10 meters from a family's home, that's not a problem of foresight. That's a problem of priorities and a problem of basic human decency. 
So how about we all keep an eye out, ask questions about what's going on in our cities, especially to the people who are less fortunate than ourselves. Then we can aim for a future where the Nalalis of the world can have the happy, healthy childhood they deserve. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. This interview was originally broadcast by NHK World Japan on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. You can find the transcript and our other stories on the Vision Vibes website. I've been Alex Stillet. See you next time. <laughs>